Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. Today's podcast was a lot of fun. I had Jessica Walters, owner of The Cell Gym in Mesa, Arizona on. She also happens to be a third degree black belt in Kaju Kembo. She's a CrossFit level two coach. She's USA weightlifting certified in Olympic weightlifting. She's also a certified personal trainer through NASM, as well as a certified pers- uh, group exercise instructor through AFA. We did have a little bit of technical difficulty, so the sound quality is off for about the first 15 to 20 minutes. Um, if you can make it past that, sound quality jumps right back in and gets way better. So, without further ado, Jess, welcome to the podcast. What up, Jess? What's up, Greg? <laughs> so, if you heard the intro, you probably, I don't know if I said it in the intro, but Jess, in addition to being all those amazing things that we talked about earlier, um, also has been a patient, and not only is she a patient, she's also family. So nepotism at its finest. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's probably like, I didn't want you to tell people that we were family. No, I, I think be tied to you. I think they need to know because we'll probably, you know, the the way we sound and talk to each other, maybe they'll understand where that's coming from. And family, if you're listening, we will not be spilling family family, family secrets. Everybody's identity, <laughs> unless it's unless it's a tame story. I don't know True. how many of those there are though. No, not very many. So uh, no, but I appreciate you coming down, Jess, taking time. I know you were busy. Um, so you were just, you were telling me though, that you just came from the gym. Mm-hmm. And so you just, how long ago did you compete at the American Masters? Okay. We're in January. So that was, uh, early November, I, I believe in Reno. I can't believe it's been two months. Yeah, I can't either. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. So the American Masters Championships and you podiumed, right? I did. Got bronze? Silver. 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 I did not mean to sell you short. That's all right. That's all right. Silver. But comparing, you know, where we've come, that was a big, was a big deal for me. Well, right. And that's, I think a lot of people don't realize that's actually why I started seeing you. Yes. Because you've been having crazy back pain for what? Five years? Well, yep. Five years. And, And we say back pain, I mean... That's what it kind of whittled down to, but it was, it was, you know, it was kind of this mysterious back, hip, leg thing that had been plaguing me for years. We didn't know what was going on. Well, right. And that's, and, and you had originally been competing kind of, I remember that was a long time ago, but CrossFit and then went more all in on the Olympic lifting stuff. Yeah, it was (laughs) CrossFit, uh, was super fun and I love the challenge but it's such a hard thing to compete in on a you know the games and things you just it's tough to get into so I thought well maybe uh, if I don't make regionals that's actually was the deal in I think 14 or 15 if I don't make regionals then I was gonna give all my time to Olympic weightlifting and see if I could do anything there how much did you miss the cut by um, it was the last year where they would do top 60 women and men in your region. And mm-hmm. that was before the super region. So we were just the Southwest. And I think I missed it by 15, 20 people. Which close. is which is unreal in and of itself. Like I, I do the open and I'm like, you are 650,000th. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it was the, it was right before things got nuts. Um, they went super region after that, and then these athletes were like the percentages of increase in strength, especially among the women, was ridiculous. Like you just can't keep up with it. So I thought, yeah, I don't know. The, the reality of it is, let's give this other thing a try. And so I only had about a year or a year and a half that was really good of lifting with with Joe Michella, and then I was injured. So that was 2016. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know you said like five years, but I didn't think about it in that, that perspective, like 2016. That yeah, was that like, was my last national competition. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so you worked out for a year and then got injured. And then what? You just thought, oh, this will be fine. Like, it'll just, I'll bounce back. Like I think in the beginning... Um, due to my coach's brilliance, patience, long suffering, he just, we just kept trying to push through it and, and be, but be creative, right? Be safe. Right. Um, try to figure it out. In the beginning, it was like, it started up in the high, like inner thigh and then it moved like kind of snake down my leg. So it was always like, it kind of was something different. And then, and then it wasn't for a few more years that it just it stayed up in the hip and back. But in my head, every year I kept saying, what if it goes away? What a comeback story, right? So that's, I just kept pushing. Uh, there were times though where I just felt like I was off, you know, off in the corner, injured over there, just kind of going through the motions. So it was frustrating. Uh, Almost every three months, it was like, okay, today I'm going to quit. I just, this doesn't make sense anymore. I keep, you know, am I making it worse? Am I getting better? I couldn't tell. So like every three months, I'd go in to tell him I'm done. And then I'd have a good lifting day. (laughs) And then I'd be like, okay, three more months, you know. So it wasn't until 2021, right? We're in 22. So it it was almost about this time. Yeah. Maybe it was a little later in the year that I reached out to you. Well, right, and what? Did, so previous to that, you had just been what? Well, that's a good. That's I mean, a good you've been question. worried like your coach had been modifying your stuff. Well, and... I was trying everything. Had an MRI, of course, it came back pretty clear. Um, I mean, I'm built like a tank, so my body. You We're know, family. Yes, it's genetics. I had somebody describe me as the Russian tank the other day. That felt great. <laughs> yes. He was like, it was a course I was in. He's like, yeah, this will work on this guy who's built like a Russian tank. <laughs> I was like, I just looked at him. I was like, really? Like that kind of joke in front of everybody? He's like, no, 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 man. Like you've, you can just tell you've seen your way around the weight room. I like, you might as well call me fluffy, bro. Like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, you're tough, I, no, right? I know Indestructible. What, I, know what, I, I, I know what he meant, but yeah. I was just like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. I've been described as, uh, and these are all direct quotes from my coach. And it's, I was built for a life of hardship. <laughs> that was a good one. I'm a diesel, oh, okay. which is true. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so I'm built like a tank. So of course, it came back clear. But by, by the way, yeah, no, I if if you look at her Instagram, which is what the Cell Gym, mm-hmm. the I will put we'll link to all this stuff. But yeah, those are those are those are quads that could lift up a small Toyota truck. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely genetics. Yeah, but pro, pro, <laughs> proceed. Proceed. So, um, and then I started, uh, nothing was improving. So I started, uh, I think it was about three years ago, I found this guy who was a movement specialist. Okay, so you had said that to me before. 
and I didn't understand what you meant. Like, a movement I, I, specialist? Yeah, and, and I really, truly still don't. Okay. Because here's the thing, like, and this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up on my... On my here we go on my on my little bit of a high <laughs> horse because here's the thing like in the realm of movement I I look at physios as movement specialists sure okay. my whole training is how to watch somebody move how to figure out by just watching them move right what is weak what's tight what needs to be different and how can we fix that but don't you think that's what's i don't feel like everybody is like that in your world i feel like that's what sets you apart well thank you that's very nice of you to say but but the you're right And, and it's like anything right like not every place is morton's steakhouse right right not every place the clothing store is is lululemon whether how you feel about them or not, right? Not every chiropractor is gonna sprinkle you with chicken blood and <laughs> yeah, I know, shots fired. <laughs> I actually have some really great chiro friends and there's some amazing chiros out there, but there are some of the ones out there that like I have images of like pyramids and incense, like, right? And so you're right, within the physical therapy profession, we have gotten away with it for a long time. Mm-hmm. People passing off skilled care or unskilled care okay, as, as skilled care, right? The hot pack, the magic ultrasound wand, crystal wand, the mm-hmm. heat and the ice pack, right? All these passive modalities rather than taking the time to, to look at people and really use the training that we've been given. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody got the same similar education that I got, but but also people just don't use it. So anyway. Yeah, your application is unique. And, you know, I know, but that's, so when I say movement specialist, I can see why you would think, well, what what the, you know, that's what I do, right? That's what I do. Who's this guy, right? So I just, I'm just curious, like, so movement specialist, tell me more about Okay, so his passion. And and I'm not trying, and here's the thing, guys, I'm not trying to dunk on other people or professions. I'm genuinely like, this guy calls himself a movement specialist. So what, that's a bold statement. What makes him the movement specialist? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from. So for him, he spent a lot of time studying anatomy, physiology, um, the you know pathways of movement. Um, he did a lot of studying. I can't, I can't okay. drop names, but no, you're good. of the um, you know the different slings of the body and how the body moves and and um, in its rotation, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. So. Without being, and that's not to say that he can't be a movement specialist. Sure. No. Oh, yeah. Like, no. No. So that I think I don't think he was walking around saying oh, I'm a movement specialist, but that's kind of how I describe him. Oh, okay. That's different. Okay. Because like there are definitely like there's athletic trainers and chiropractors and like a whole bunch of different people that I have learned a ton from, mm-hmm. like movement stuff. Movement. Spe- like they see things a totally different way than I have, and so I'm not so like, hey, I've got this doctor to physical therapy. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Right. Like. If, if I if like Aaron Nelson who used to be the head athletic trainer for the Phoenix Suns brilliant man kept the Phoenix Suns as perhaps one of the healthiest teams in the league got uh, Grant Hill and Shaq who were both old and broken and got them back to like amazing shape right and and I'm not sure that I don't know. I, I would like to believe I could have done that, but he did it in a way like I would love to learn from that guy. So, well, I guess, again, anybody listening, I'm not crapping on 
other professionals. I just was curious. Yeah, no, so, and I was looking for someone who thought outside of the box, and that's definitely what he was doing. Well, and as well you should, right? Right, and so he kind of helped me. Um, I mean, I was to the point where I couldn't even sit. My daughter was a cheerleader at the high school. I couldn't even sit at a football game for half a game without being in so much pain, just sitting there and being locked up for the rest of the day, right? So I went to him um, and he just kind of started to help me understand, um, you know, how to use my core more effectively. Um, he kind of just took me back on how to even walk properly. So yeah. we um, worked like that. Plus he did some like uh, soft tissue mani- you know, manipulation and whatnot to help out, but he could only get me so far. And that's kind of when I reached out in 2021 to yeah. you and I didn't even know I was even reaching out to you because I think I contacted you for like a massage therapist and then we started talking yeah and they were like well come on in and I yeah, was like let's, let's do this thing I was like okay yeah and it honestly I mean the reason why I'm in the position I'm in now which I mean like today with my coach 145 assisted back squat kilo Jeez. I've never put that weight on my back before. Yeah. For two reps. Get some. So, I mean, look where we've gone. So, it's been um, quite the journey as far as um, recovery. And, and I still have to be super careful. Like, I still have to maintain that, you know, you know, the things that we've talked about and learned. But Well, and, and it's like anything, right? You do anything with bad form or you put yourself, not as a bad form, but you put yourself in positions, shapes, right, that you're not equipped to handle. Correct. You then your load, your tissue load capacity is going to fail. Yeah. And and it's not about doing things right or wrong. It's about doing things efficiently and with the best or the best possible outcome or shape mm-hmm. sets you up for success. Sure. Um. But yeah, no, and, and I I get like like I've got people that I know that I've been friends with, and I'm and. I know them from height, like from a long time. Mm-hmm. And somebody would be like, oh, why don't you go see that guy for this? And I'm like, are you kidding me? That guy used to, like, I, I know where that dude's been and what he's all about. <laughs> like, I don't know that I want that guy cutting on me. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Or like, like there are some people, like, if I swear, if I got on an airplane and they're like, hey, welcome to so-and-so airlines, I'm Captain So-and-so, I'd be like, hey, because it's too late, can I get off, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... <laughs> So it's interesting, like when you know people outside of what they do as a profession, right? And not just say like, but just you go, oh, really? Is that person actually? Can that person actually help me? Yeah. Right. And right. So, yeah, but I'm I'm glad that we were able to to help you. And I think I can't take. I mean, let's take a little bit. You can let's, take. Let's yes. pat myself on the back. You a little can bit. pat yourself but, on the back. Yes. But I think I what well, I think you said it too. Like you wouldn't have gotten where you got if it wasn't for Joe Machella. Yes. And, and I don't know if anybody listening is in that Olympic weightlifting world. I would, I would imagine, at least in the female weightlifting world, you have to have heard of who Joe Michella is. And if you haven't heard of who Joe Michella is, Joe Michella coached Sarah Robles to the, two, to the 2012 Olympics. He coached the women's world team, securing two female spots in the Olympics. He was... He's the head coach, what, for the Pan... He was the head coach for the women... Oh, he is the current head coach, right? For the women's Pan Am team? No? I don't know. I, I, I looked it up. I wasn't sure. I don't know. 
that we'll have to go back and look that up. I don't have a, a researcher, so I can't pull it up right now, but <laughs> we'll look at it later. And then, and I know in 2008, he was the developmental coach of the year by the U.S. Olympic Committee. I mean, dude is legit. Yeah, best in the nation. So what is that like being coached by a guy with that kind of resume? Well, you know, um, it's such a fascinating thing. I've been with him, uh, goodness, eight years now. So it's been eight years. You guys are family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's such a privilege because it's everything's custom to the athlete. You know, he has quite the team right now. We've got quite a female team, and um, and it's just a good. There's just such a good um, team environment there, and the way that we support each other and help each other, but. Um, he's just brilliant. I don't know. It's tough to explain because I've been there so long, but the, um, the attention to detail and just knowing what each athlete needs as far as their, you know, progression is just super cool just to be part of it. I love going to competitions because it's really fun because he's got quite, he's got quite the air to him. And if you've ever met him, you know what I'm talking about. So I've, I've never had the pleasure. Of you've never meeting. had the pleasure of meeting him? No, I've never met him. But I, I was watching him when I was watching your competition at the American Masters Championships. Okay. It just, but just watching him, like... His presence? Yes, his, 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 mm-hmm. his essence, yes. so to speak. Like, <laughs> and watching him prep mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. for a lift, like... I'm not gonna lie. like I was sitting in my living room watching on TV and I, I'm not gonna lie like a little bit of an intimidated like I was like this dude but what was crazy is not only did he look like crazy intimidating and had this amazing presence but you could really see the care mm-hmm. that he has for his athletes uh-huh. and I think that's what people don't see or, or give him enough credit there is such a care and that's probably why he's so passionate about what he does and his athletes and he's so protective mm-hmm. and he and he will go toe-to-toe with anybody for his athletes i 100 percent believe that um i also think he really believes in the sport and he's very pure in the sport mm-hmm. and and i think that is hard for people to understand we've lost some of that in some of these sports that purity and just that discipline for the sport and so He's, he's not messing around, right? He's giving it his all. So, yeah, it's 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 such a force. He has such a presence about him, um, and he just, he I, he's incredible. And it's been really such a privilege to be with him all this time. Yeah, but, yeah, he's, no, he seems like an, a super intense guy. and Brilliant, brilliant. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say, brilliant. And, the, I mean, a guy that can keep you basically training mm-hmm. at a high level, mm-hmm. injured, Mm-hmm. Right and work around and still have you make some progress and or at least not deteriorate, right to where you come back in six months and are crushing goals. Yeah. So like, let, let's just talk about that. So my best ever power clean and jerk. Remember, I'm a master's lifter. So my best ever power clean and jerk, I believe, was 87 kilos. And or maybe might have been eighty nine. Um, it was a long time ago, so you know I'm that, and I'm talking. This is back in two thousand sixteen. Okay. So I am maybe three kilos, four kilos away from that. Um, and so and and I'm older. Yeah. 
I'm older. Um, I'm, I'm still look fabulous. Oh, <laughs> I'm older. Um, I have been injured. So to maintain some of that strength through all of that uh, is a testament to his programming and, and just to his creativity and that I couldn't squat with the barbell. So the things that we've had to do to maintain lane strength, it's just, it's just been super cool. Does he joke around at all? Oh yeah, we have a good time. Okay, I'm like, is he like, is, is it like walking in like, no, 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 absolutely not. I mean, I mean, yes and no, it's like the right times, the appropriate times, right? Just like any, but uh, no, he's, he's, he's business, but he's not always all business. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he's, he's at the appropriate times. He knows when to joke and when not to. What's it? So like, what's it like going to his gym for the first time? Is he, is he, is he welcoming? warm when you show up or is it like an intimidation factor no he's surprisingly welcoming yeah absolutely very charismatic um he has he's very interested in individuals and people and yeah no i mean but he he's very good at what he does and he's you're there for a reason and he's going to train you and he's going to put you through you know a hard workout but at the same time he has the big picture in mind, and I think that what sets him apart from a lot of coaches I see around the valley, especially, is he's looking at the big picture. Gotcha. Um, he's not. It's he's got that big picture mentality, and so he's trying to take you somewhere. There's a goal, right? So your training program for this cycle is going to get you somewhere in a year, two years, three years. So he's laying that foundation, and he's. Ba- well balanced in his coaching and programming and and i mean it's the all of his lifters look um they're beautiful lifters they're well trained it's just it's such a privileged privilege to be part of the team yeah sounds different yeah and i mean come on he's italian so he wouldn't make anything that's not beautiful right that's- <laughs> They make, would appreciate that, they make yes. beautiful they make beautiful cars they yes. make beautiful scooters they make beautiful <laughs> scooters the vespas are beautiful yes, like okay, right okay. they're like yeah. who wouldn't think a scooter be sexy but they make sexy <laughs> right there's a whole bit i think that is it ricky gervais or oh no what's his name he does his comedy in drag he's another british dude uh he's super funny but he has this whole bit about like italians how it's like yeah everything is just you know mm-hmm. right sexy yeah everything's sexy <laughs> So, of course, of course, he would make his lifters look good. Yeah. Uh, you talked about, you know, so I want to go back to, like, it's a team full of women. Uh, yes. And, I and, don't know exactly the numbers of women versus men in his gym right now that are competitive, but there's, I feel like there's more, we have s- some more women. But do you train, do you train specifically with a certain group of women? We're, our schedules kind of match up that way. So, okay. like, this morning, well... When I go in, um, there's at least five other women there of all, you know, weight class and age groups and whatnot. But yes. And look, before you guys call out the woke mob on me, right? But traditionally or historically or whatever, right? Like there's, they don't make movies called Mean Girls for no reason, right? Like there generally is a lot of competition. Mm Mm-hmm within women and sometimes people trying to undercut each other and passive oh oh you oh you're gonna lift it like that Mm -hmm. oh okay 
good for you. <laughs> right. What's, yes, what's I've that? seen that. Yes. Right. And what's so? What's it like? What's it like with who? With with your teammates? Yeah, it's not like that at all. And and I think that comes a lot from Coach Joe. Top down. Top down. I, I always say that top down. Um, there's my teammate Jenny Klaus and I have been there almost as long as everybody. There's a couple other women that have been there before us and have come back. So I think we kind of set the tone as well. But um, yeah, it's we are happy for each other, but we're also competing against each other mm. in just training. And that's healthy. You, you want that as a coach. You want your athletes to be fueled by each other. And, um, and so that does occur, but it's at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're applauding each other and good job. And because when we all do well, you know, it just makes the gym a better place. So it's pretty awesome. Although very few of us compete in the same category. So at the end of the day in competition, right, we don't, we aren't competing against each other, but in the gym, absolutely. Well, and that probably helps a little bit that you're not all competing in the same weight class, but I love that, that like your success doesn't mean that I failed. Right. Correct. Like if, if, if we're all, if we're all succeeding, like if, if ever, if the level of, if the level of lifting is, is elevated by one person in the gym, everybody's lifting is elevated. Correct. It's just, it's energy, but isn't that what we want? I mean, don't yeah. we want to push each other and help each other succeed? And so, uh, I think that just makes it interesting. Well, and something else that's interesting is I've been seeing a lot more and maybe it's that thing where I've been more a little bit immersed in that world. But I feel like I'm seeing far more like youth, teenagers, young women in their 20s, mm-hmm. really starting and learning the sport for the first time. Sure. And and I think that's a really cool thing to see. And I think such a, ref- I don't know, for me, it's a refreshing change of pace from the let's work out just so we can be you know an instagram butt model Mm -hmm. and get a bunch of likes and stuff rather let's be let's be strong like we can still look good but we're Mm -hmm. we're gonna be strong women i think that's pretty cool well i think our culture has changed i was thinking about my journey in fitness from young to where i am now i've always had an interest in fitness but just like we've talked about earlier our our genetics you know you and I, we think about putting muscle on and we put muscle on, you know, it's just, that's yeah. just our, gen- I actually, we're lucky that way, but. This is wild. So I was eating 225 to 250 grams of protein a day. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yum. Yeah. Like three pounds of, of beef a day. I have dropped my protein intake down. I'm now like at 150. I weigh somewhere between 240 and 250. I've put muscle on, still reducing my protein intake that low for me. Like, yes, so muscle is one of those things, right? Yes. I'm never going to look like Bradley Cooper. My my body ain't Although built that. Although you kind of do look uh, like Bradley well, thank Cooper. You. Okay. My, actually, I, I did get mistaken. <laughs> I did one time. Hey, this kid made my day. I stopped it to get my car washed one day. This was back when I was a more slender man. <laughs> back when I was like two, what's funny, people at 210, 215, people, I go, how much do you think I weigh? They're like, oh, what are you like, like 190, 185? I was like, no, try 215. Mm-hmm. But I stepped out of my car and the kid, the, like, they give him the, the car wash. He's all, dude, 
Has anybody ever told you you look exactly like Bradley Cooper? See? I was like, no, but thank you. See, <laughs> tip. I'm yeah. gonna give you a tip. You got a big tip, and <laughs> if you ask for my number, the answer is no. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. So you know, as a kid, I always worked out. It was chaos. I wasn't organized in my working out, but I was. You know, I didn't understand my body at the time and as a teenager you know the what's available to teenagers now wasn't available then so i've always been involved in fitness but it wasn't until i became an adult that strong bodied women became something that was acceptable and and attractive right you know you put muscle on you look like a dude you know, and and i really think the crossfit movement helped that oh for sure uh in a way, and there might be arguments against that, but I really felt like strong bodies became this cool, sexy thing. And it was okay to be strong bodied um, in your appearance. And it wasn't something that you had to feel masculine about. Well, I remember, yeah, because like, who was, oh gosh, I don't even know their names. I just remember she taught my CrossFit level one course. She had really dark hair. Miranda? Yes, her. Like, I remember like being single, Mm -hmm. Right. And like, but people were starting to talk about what's, I don't even know her last name, but Miranda, was it Christmas? No, not Chris. That was a different one. But there was a different one. That's yeah. Christmas Abbott. Christmas, there was Christmas Abbott. Yep. Yes. There was Miranda. Yes. There was that other girl. She was like, I don't know. She competed at Europa and I tried to get Yeah, this is like, I tried to get This is like early CrossFit. I tried to get my little brother who was like calling the event to introduce me. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember. And then I realized that in no world, do our fitness levels match up and which is another awesome thing about crossfit women yeah and after on. talking to her i was like yeah you're not i, I don't really want to meet gonna you anymore eat you for lunch yeah but <laughs> in a bad way yeah no i can't lift that i wasn't i wasn't at that level but i do think that but but the, but they became celebrities right with the crossfit games kind people of. were watching the crossfit games mm -hmm. now and they're seeing all of these really beautiful yes strong Badass women. Sure. And so I think it, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it moved it that direction. And it helped. It helped people like me who can put muscle on easily have a place yeah. and, and be cool with it, you know? And so now we're looking at these teenage girls who are coming up and training and they're beasts. I just was at a pole vault competition in Reno over the weekend with my daughter and there were more high school girl pole vaulters than boys. Don't even get me started on this because I'll. <laughs> so it's just, you just see it. You That's because they were all at home playing video games and talking to their friends rather than chasing girls and working on being men. <laughs> being men. Idiots. Darn it. Yeah. So women are just, it's just a cool thing to see. We're seeing it in Olympic weightlifting. We're seeing it in, you know, other sports and it's, it's exciting for women to be able to just do fun, cool things. 100%. Well, and what's also really cool is I see now, as I go out and try to market and talk to gym owners, I am finding more and more and more that CrossFit gyms, functional fitness studios, even some Olympic lifting gyms and things are owned more and more and run by women. Interesting, huh? Whereas in the in the past, that was always a realm of men, mm -hmm. right? And and you yourself, you That's you correct. own the Cell Gym in Mesa, which okay. is are you guys still an uh, uh, an affiliate? No, we are not. Okay, so you're not affiliated anymore. So mm -hmm. just a functional fitness gym, um, which still 
heavily. Yeah. CrossFit doesn't have a monopoly on, on functional fitness and gymnastics and no. Olympic lifting, right? So, no, they just made a really nice little package that was easy to digest. And the people like the name, right? Because yeah. I'm a CrossFitter. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go work out? I work out at the cell. Oh, they're not an affiliate. You're not a, yes, I am. I can still do the open. Yeah. Yes. Although I feel like that era of yeah. like force feeding CrossFit to your friends is kind of gone. Which yeah, is, no, which they, is won't ref- talk to, they won't talk to you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you yeah. in CrossFit? How come your shirt's still on, bro? Yeah, yeah. So I think that era has moved on, which is a brief, which is very refreshing. Well, so yeah. So what? I guess yeah. The CrossFit era made the change to being more strong and minded. But it was I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about fitness, and that there's a, a very different idea I think about what fitness is to people Hmm. and most of the time it's how good do I look with my clothes off (laughs) right yeah that's I'm fit that's fit that's fit Hmm. but I'm not entirely sure that that's actually the case because I know a lot of people that probably look good with their clothes off but they may have all show no go right they Mm -hmm. might not be very strong Correct. That may be not what they're going for. They may have, who knows, they may end up, they may have diabetes. They may have a heart disorder, but they also may have crap mobility and flexibility. Right? Right. So I don't know. I just think fit is a different thing. And and I, I think it's cool that women like you are doing this strong functional fitness stuff and sure i'm not saying looking good looking good is not the key because i'm not i'm not really super into the body positivity movement either correct right i don't think we should be promoting obesity correct but um and i'm sorry for any of you that that hurts your feelings but that's what we're doing when we're talking about people like lizzo saying i love no there's no possible way well i think it's important to love yourself sure but not, but let's be real yeah. you aren't healthy and and at the end of the day that's what i care most about right when you know with our members and my own clients i want people to learn healthy habits and to set goals to be their best self in all aspects mind body spirit which comes from you know my martial arts training but it's super important that we're our best self and it's okay if we need to make those changes sure doesn't mean you can't love yourself in the process and i'm not saying again people i'm not saying that you have to be six percent body fat super chiseled super strong because let's be real i talked about it i'm 240 250 I'm 16% body fat, which is still under the average, below average for men my age. I, but I do cardio. I run. I was same thing, right? I do cardio. I lift weights. I try to eat super clean. Mm-hmm. Do I indulge in ice cream occasionally? Absolutely. But I'm my blood panels look good. Like I'm healthy, mm-hmm. and I understand that I would be better. I would even be more healthy if I made some more body composition changes. Not necessarily putting on more mass. But removing some of my body fat, my visceral organ fat and stuff like that. Um, and so, so yeah, in, in your journey, so what you've done, you've done personal training. Yes. Like boot camp. Well, we did the boot camp thing. Did the boot camp thing. I was, a, I was an aerobics instructor. Re- really? I was. 
like for years did you do the leotard and the like well no because the leotard wasn't popular at the time but if it was i probably would have done yeah. the leotard <laughs> with the scrunchies and oh the, yeah the, like the g-string over yeah what was that that was I don't such know. a weird i don't know how that was ever comfortable how did the the 80s was such <laughs> so a weird. weird wild time so weird like so weird like cocaine and G just- <laughs> oh, string over leggings and yes, yes. It's like we wanted to be scandalous, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you did that aerobics. Like, yeah. In fact, so what have you? So yeah, what because well, I, I didn't know you did aerobics. Yeah. Like what in the fitness world have you done? Um, I've done a lot. I, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what else is there besides personal training? Group fitness. Group fitness, yes. Aerobics. Of course, aerobics, of course, step and all of that, cardio, kickboxing, all of that. Okay. Um, martial arts, We, I don't know if we even talked about that. We haven't, no. We, we're, oh, okay. I, I'd like to. We're going to get into it. But. Well, but they all feed into each other. That's the crazy thing. It's like I am so grateful. You know, one of the things I w- is uh, the journey has been – awesome because everything is built on itself but originally i was going to go into music education i wasn't even going to get into phys you know fitness and all that it wasn't until i made like a last second change and moved to a different state that i kind of stumbled upon you know i went to massage therapy school that's right and it was the studying of the body that really kind of ignited that fire of how amazing the body is and actually you know what we put in the body and why we aren't good to our you know I kind of was like everybody should have to take anatomy physiology because they would understand that we actually don't treat our bodies very well they're incredible miraculous machines right that led to nutrition courses and nutrition study which led to wanting to get into martial arts oh that's right and it wasn't until I was training for my black belt that I was like, I need more conditioning. I love that subtle flex. I was training for my black belt. Yeah, I, I was like, I need more conditioning because my test was going to be hours long and I was going to have to sustain for a long period of time. We were already killing it at practice, but I needed more. Then I started taking aerobics because my son was in preschool at the same time. And I was watching this aerobics instructor and I thought, well, I can do that. And if I'm the instructor, I've got to be fit. So I became an instructor after I got my black belt and then I was an instructor for a lot of years and I like ran a, the YMCA. I wanted to elevate the YMCA's expectation of aerobics. I didn't want it to always be about, you know, the aged. And we did, we were killing it. We'd have huge classes and, you know, it was super fun. And then from there, my cousin, your brother, Ammon, yeah. started that in his CrossFit in his garage. Super skeptical of it first off, I was. And then I was like, I'll try it. Yeah. You know, so then, I mean, I was doing boot camps all along this way. And then I went and did that and fell in love with it. And it was super fun and started with him and closed down my thing. And so that's kind of the journey. It's just like it all added on its on each other. But um, it was really martial arts that kind of kicked off my love for fitness training. Yeah. So being in all of those areas... Right. I mean, you've, you, there's, there's not a realm of health and fitness that you really haven't touched or worked in. So if you could, like if you Except boil, for water aerobics there, yeah, well, I um, haven't done a lot of water aerobics, but I did triathlons. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. And so if you boil it down, 
Like if you had to say, Hey, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. If it's not, not what's the best training modality, but if you were like, Hey, somebody out there listening, who's not, who's on the fence or who's not super in shape or hasn't, who has been sedentary for a while, like what's the best you, you've done it all. What's the best advice that you could give somebody, right? Or what's the best way to, to get started or to train? And yeah. I guess, I guess for me, it was, I remember sitting on my couch. This was after my first no, I think it was after my second child was born and I was watching the Olympics. What year would that have been? I can't remember how the Olympics go, but anyway, it was Summer Olympics. How old's? I think it was Beijing. How old is? So, 04? I don't know. When was Beijing? I don't know. Just recently again, I think. So, I, was, I remember sitting on the couch watching the Olympics. I've always been weak, you know, except for martial arts, because what martial arts did for me was change my mindset, it mm-hmm. changed, it reprogrammed my brain into once I, once I understood it was 2008. Okay. Oh, okay. Which was a crazy year for a lot of reasons, but 2008. Okay. I remember sitting watching and I was watching the, I think I watched either the triathlon or the marathon. And I was so like inspired by the effort of these athletes and also swimming. Swimming was radical that year. Dara Torres was, was that the was that the lady? She was like forty. She was my hero. Like I I remember back when the you know magazines right you would yeah. you would get a magazine. There was the spread of Dara Torres. She was in her forties. That's right. And it was the first female that I really remember seeing. She was she was posing, and she just had, she had a six pack and her arms were freaky. Yeah, it's that one right. That, yes. The time. She, yes, this one. He's pulling Holy up a picture of Dara Torres. Crap. In her in her swim bikini, and she's a freaking monster. And I had this cutout. I had it in my window, in my mirror, in my bathroom because I was like, I want to look like that. So and at forty, so, yeah. So we're looking at the at the time cover. Time cover. We can't show it. Yeah. Right? But we're looking but at go the time. Look it up. Yeah. Go look up. She's freaking amazing. Dara Torres, the time cover from 08. Holy crap. Yeah. That woman's and so this her- this was like this was unheard of though. I remember. What she was doing was totally unheard of. And I was like, I remember thinking, why can't I do that? Why can't I do that? Yeah. There's no reason why I can't do that. And of course, I mean, I'm non-Olympic level training, athlete. I didn't have all the things she had. But still, in my mind, I legit thought, why can't I do that? And so I remember just putting a plan together and getting fired up. And I think that is the difference. It's just, just going, I am going to start something yeah whether it's walking or running or attending a class or moving i mean i know a lot of people that just talk about moving right and it really is the start but being fired up about something helps definitely helps and she was my role model like i i mean i thought she was the coolest thing and and to have a strong body like that on a female it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like you got you to gotta have you got to have. So it sounds like you got to have something that inspires you. And even if it's not Dara Torres, you got to find a why. Right? Why are you doing Absolutely. that? Something, I mean, to, something to be fired up. And, and I, I was reading this book the other day. It was about business, but it applies. He made the thing. You know, the person who starts a business is is the the guy who just wants to do his work and be left alone. The problem is, there's three other people. There's two other people that live inside that body. There's a manager and there's an entrepreneur. 
Hmm. And they all want different things. So back <laughs> to your point, he makes the point that everybody wants to like, well, maybe not everybody, but people want to lose weight. They want to get healthy. They want to get in shape. But you got to remember the dude who got inspired. There's, there's the guy who got inspired. And then there's the other guy or girl that lives inside of you that was the one who got you in where you were at. Right. Right. So like for me, there's the, there's the, there's the healthy fit dude who goes, yeah, let's, we're going to work out six days a week. We're going to eat clean. Duh, 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 duh. And then Saturday night or Friday night rolls around and we're watching date. Me and my wife are watching Dateline. I know we're 70. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching Dateline and the fat guy that lives inside of me goes, Hey bro, right. We should probably go get some, uh, we should probably go get some Ben and Jerry's. Right. Right. And, and that's okay. As long as that's not every night and you know, yeah, except I don't get into Ben and Jerry's for less than a pint. So there's <laughs> You're no, committed. there's no point. You're 100% yeah, committed. Yeah, and it even goes, Hey, maybe we'll do two. <laughs> it was that's so, awesome. it was, it was, it was the first time was so nice. We might as well do it twice. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, but people set such high expectations Yeah, and they're such high punishment. Yeah. And, and we're getting into a totally different realm of psychology and whatnot. And, right. and that's just a whole nother thing, a part of it. But really, it's that baby step process. I mean, look, at that was 2008. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, it's 2000, it's 2022 now. Yeah. And I, I think mentally, I'm at a place now where I feel my strongest. Physically, I feel very strong. And so, but... But look at the time that's passed. Yeah. So it takes time. And that's my other message is anything, everything takes time. Strength, especially strength, takes time. And, and we live in a, in a society where we want it now and we want it the easy way. And, and there's just no easy way. Yeah. There's just no easy way. No, it's not. And it's, it really is. It's time and cons- time and effort and consistency consistency it's it's um so funny that this is the conversation we're having because i just looked at my friend uh liz jones i don't know if you know liz she runs a thing she has a company here called pojo fitness where she does uh she has has her pojo power camps Hmm. it's a brutal workout i (laughs) sounds terrible i won't go (laughs) i will go but i die i i sit in the back and die and hope that none of that my wife doesn't notice and make fun of me for it later but um she for her like marketing materials and stuff like she's she's a macro coach and she's a group fitness trainer right and so part of her advertisement is her right her her body and what mm-hmm. she's done with it correct and and like there's on her website i, I tell you that i go i go are people calling you and asking not necessarily to train but to maybe do laundry on your abs like <laughs> Like, nice. right. Like seriously. But, but what I thought was really cool is she posted a story the other day. I think it was a story or a post. That was a post that showed like after she was pregnant, how she looked and what she, and then consistency, the plan and however long it's taken her to get to where she is now. Mm-hmm. And she has like, she's got some other like health issues. She's missing. She doesn't have a colon. Like wow. she's missing like wow. a lot of her intestines. Like she's got some real struggles, wow. but she's made it work. And it's it's strictly effort and consistency. And that's not to say she doesn't ever make a mistake or slip mm-hmm. up or mm-hmm. right or get off her plan, but it doesn't derail her, right? Well, and that's there's a story, right? Everyone has a story. Yeah, everyone has a story of what they did, but that's but the journey is is what's the important part too. And and it sounds like her journey. It's awesome that she gets to share that. Yeah. 
But the journey is what we should be embracing and be excited for. The end goal is what we want to reach. But we really should be focused on those baby steps because really that's kind of the beautiful part. Right. You know, I think about these. I'm always grateful for an injury. And I know that sounds funny, but I've had many in my eight years weightlifting. But every time I had an injury, I learned something super valuable from it, whether that's my form is incorrect, whether that's I became stronger because I was doing all these other exercises. But there's always something to learn from it. And the journey's the same way. Just because we want to be whatever poundage we want to be yeah. doesn't mean that along the way we should embrace the success, baby steps, little successes. Maybe, you know, we hit the gym every day that week and that was the goal. Yay. Good job. Okay. Let's keep pushing. But we're so in such a hurry to get to the end goal that we forget that all along the way, all those little cool gifts of knowledge came to us. And that's really what we should be putting in our you know, backpack of knowledge is all the little stuff along the way because that's what makes all of that stick, right? Those goals will stick, those habits will stick, but then also that negative discussion that you're having, well, there's no discussion, right? It's just yelling at you, you know, you're not worth it, you're not good enough, kind of starts to silence. Is that because, what your voice says? Yeah. 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 Mine's, uh, mine, mine, mine is uh, you're fat. You don't look like everybody else. No, <laughs> mine, no seriously. Like. Mine, yeah, mine's similar. Yeah. I'm not lying. Mine's yeah. similar. And then it's also work harder. You're not uh -huh. working hard yeah. enough. You're not putting in enough time. Um, yeah, fat is, is one of them, which is rough, right? People don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. Having your mom bring you the husky jeans at Mervyn's. <laughs> And then pulling them up because they're, you know, onto your true waist. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm talking like being like 10 or 11, like that's not fun. Yeah. But we're built like tanks. I know. Remember? Right. Right. But I got, I got, I got older brothers. Why does it have to be called husky? Uh, yeah. I don't Why know. does it have to be called husky? Yeah. Why like, can't it just be like muscular? Yeah. But I got an older brother who, Ammon. And he said it himself, so I don't have to. I'm sure he's going to appreciate his name drop to, here. Yeah, I don't have to walk <laughs> this back. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got one leg. He, he's 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 jacked now, but he was pretty skinny kid. But he's like, yeah, I got one leg that's like super skinny compared to the other. And he's like, sometimes I want to shave it and put a high heel on it. <laughs> I bought. <laughs> yeah, he would look good in heels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to drop his Instagram. <laughs> That's what he doesn't need is a bunch of new followers. Oh, my gosh. But, um, Too funny. Not that anybody husky actually. Husky jeans. Yeah, husky. Husky jeans. That's, yeah. the, that's the line, along the lines of chunky. Yeah. Husky and chunky. Yeah. What is chunky? Yeah. Besides well, peanut butter. And me when I was like... <laughs> When I was you like, you know, 10. I couldn't even, I couldn't, you know, I'm so grateful for stretchy jeans. As a kid, uh, I couldn't get jeans over, over like my calves right? or my heel. Like, I, <laughs> so I wore shorts. Well, I go back to like, uh, I go back to this other person that we both know and are related to, uh, who do was an absolute monster, five nine, and when he went and played football, he was two ten. And he was six and a half percent body fat. He was so amazing. He wore 32. So he had like a 32, 33 inch waist, but had to wear 38s to get them around his quads and glutes. And then once he did, they just stayed there. He didn't have to wear a belt. Like it was amazing. <laughs> People would kill for that. I know. 
Yeah, quads. Quads are the new quads are the new biceps and pecs for dudes. Oh my gosh, quads. But so, <laughs> so we're talking. But also, I, I. But this journey thing, right? Because you're a third degree black belt. Yes, sir. And and this isn't the kind of thing where we've all seen the karate or the taekwondo factory where they're just like, oh, cool, you've been here this long. No, Here's I your- earned mine. Yeah, no, I know. I watched you. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I watched you fight. I watched you fight five different dudes who were coming at you with either a knife or brass knuckles or something else. Right. right. <laughs> it's a serious. It's a, it's a it's a no joke thing. Yes. I, I wouldn't run at this woman with a grenade in my hand. <laughs> Probably not only because she's strong and, and devastating, but also because she probably has at any one point in time several um, implements or weapons on her. Maybe. 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 Don't tell my Can't, secrets. I cannot confirm nor deny that. The, Thank you. Screw around and find out, though. <laughs> that would be fun. Find out at your peril. <laughs> so, but yes, what, yeah, so, so, what, so how is, like... So what is Kaju Kembo? Like, Kaju Kembo is an art. It's pretty young. I say that because it was created in the 50s in Hawaii. That is young. So it's young. Yeah, yeah. it's not jujitsu. It's no, not karate. No, no. Uh, or, you know, any of those. They were created by five masters of their own arts. Okay, Kaju Kembo. So karate, judo, jujitsu, Kempo, and Chinese boxing. And these guys got together and created a street art. And they tested it in the bars and they tested it on the street. And they wrote a curriculum and then they, you know, taught it. And I didn't pick it for any reason besides the fact that it was next to my house, across the street, and it was, it, he advertised it as cardio kickboxing, well, not cardio, kickboxing, women's kickboxing. I had been doing Taibo kickboxing on my TV for uh, years. Billy, Billy, Billy Blanks. Blanks, man. I'd stand and do the machine gun roundhouse, you know? So a whole bunch of people out there that think they're kickboxers. That's right, and they I did. Because they did Taibo. <laughs> I did. In fact, my professor, well, he's grandmaster now, but he would joke around that I had a black belt in, you know, Taibo. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did it for three years. But anyway, so I went in thinking I was going to do the same thing, and it wasn't, it wasn't that at all. It was kickboxing. Yeah. And, but it was cool because it was women's, so it was only women's class, which was great. It was fun. And um, I instantly fell in love with it. Um, it was exactly what I wanted to do. It was so challenging. But it was through that process of training there, getting my butt kicked on a regular basis, like physically, coming home with bruises and scrapes. And anyway, doing that, that my my mental, my mindset changed as far as, accomplishing any task it, the, it was confidence I built confidence anytime you can hold your own in a fight I'm not saying I can fight anybody at by any means but you know I could I could give someone a hard time um your confidence kind of <laughs> your confidence kind of soars a little bit and um it was the best thing I could have ever done for myself and confidence and but the biggest thing was I was a young mom I had one child already so it wasn't like I did this in my youth and I wanted to be able to protect myself and my children because when you're a mom putting kids into a car, you're kind of vulnerable. Or when you're you're battling kids, no matter in a store, you're vulnerable. And I wanted to have the knowledge and the awareness and all of that that comes with martial arts to protect myself and my children. So that's what the why. That's where the why was. Yeah. Well, it's, you talk about the, the confidence, right? Being in a fight and doing it. Well, doing anything hard builds confidence. And, yes. and that's what I was going to say back when you're talking about, like, just get started. Get get on your journey, just right? Start. Because here's the thing. That time under tension, mm. that time under stress, that 
mm. consistency and effort over time. I you, love that. While you may be, you're, you will be a different person physically, but there's no way you can possibly stay the same person emotionally and mentally, right? That, that you will have a, and this is what I kind of, like I, I always say movement is medicine, right? I believe that movement is medicine. Amen. And that, and, and I, I talk about, I'm not just helping people move the way they want to move and do the activities they want to do. I'm helping people because if you can move with your body and you can handle your body and, and you can feel good there, then there's nothing else in your life that you can't move too, right? Yeah. Like your relationship can get better because you have now the confidence to move this way. You can ask for that job because you hit that dead. I know it sounds trivial, but these are real things. Like, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and hundred percent. You're right. Getting smacked in the face. Oh yeah. And then smacking somebody. That back. changes things. Yeah. <laughs> I've been smacked by by Grandmaster, by the way. Yes, you have. And, and it did not feel good. No. He taught me real quick to keep my hands up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool, uh, it's such a cool journey. I'm so grateful. There's honestly, and I know I'm not just saying this. There's not a day that doesn't go by where I don't use not physically, but mentally what I learned and who I became through the process, whether it's about to attempt a really heavy lift, mm -hmm. that mindset, it's, it's incredible how much I refer to my martial arts training for things. I mean, even f facing a hard conversation with somebody, a con you know, uh, some sort of confrontation that isn't going to be violent, but just a confrontation, holding my own in those kind of things, it has set me up for that. So I'm eternally grateful for that training. Well, we had talked about, I was talking with Dan Huber and this is the thing that we had a conversation about. And if you listen to that episode, which will be out before this one, we talked, he talked very similarly about that fighting. He's like, fighting is not a bad word. Fighting is great. Fighting. We fight all the time. We fight for our relationships. We fight for our jobs. We, right. But that like, that martial arts, that fighter mentality you use in other places and it doesn't have to be violent, violent, no, but it's the idea that like, if I can handle being on the ground and having somebody choke me out mm. and still get back and up think through it and, and think and, through mm -hmm. it and reason and not panic, <sighs> asking this fool for a, for a raise or, you know, having a hard conversation. I mean, I'm not going to die. Yeah. It changes things, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. It, it changed. I remember there were a lot of times though, and that kind of mindset change can be painful. Change can be painful. And I, I remember there were a lot of tears through the process of trying to understand how to connect my head and my heart, understanding how to build that confidence because there was, you know, there's that voice in your head that tells you you're never going to be good enough and you're not going to be strong enough. You don't deserve this. Yeah these wings of power that you're gaining and that shedding off some of that negativity can be super painful in a weird way. It's like letting go of those chains. And that is what a lot of the, that process, but it didn't come without pain. No, it didn't come without stretching. It didn't come without challenge. And that's the other part of all of this is don't be afraid of that pain. Pain teaches us so much. Failure teaches us so much yeah. about ourselves and about where we can go, but it's quite scary. Well, we love those stories. And, and we love those stories that we tell ourselves or the voice in our head. We, As much as we hate that mm -hmm. voice in our head, we love that voice in our head. Sure. We love those stories. It's familiar. Well, it's familiar, but not only that, that story, 
that whatever allows us to shed any personal responsibility for what's going on. And and if we can strip away that story, we can strip away that thought process, oh boy, we're left with ourselves in the, in the actual objective reality mm-hmm. that wherever we're at is generally, a, I mean, not always. There's there's obviously things play into it, right? Correct. But But we're in most of the time a mess of our own making. <laughs> sure. Right? Absolutely. And, and once that story's gone, we don't have that story to lean and rely on as a crutch anymore. And it's time to either put up or shut up. Yeah. And getting smacked in the face kind of helps kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it brings everything into whether a, that's physical or or <laughs> figuratively speaking. figuratively speaking it brings yeah. everything into a stark focus we harsh all need focus. someone in our life that's willing to slap us in the face yeah. absolutely yeah yeah and back to the topic of how do people get started you just have to step forward you just have to step forward yeah and it doesn't have to be awesome you know not to bring up 75 hard but there's programs like that out there that yeah. i just feel they're cool challenges but they don't teach us a whole lot. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. I mean, I, I like 75 hard. And look, if, if that's if that's what gets you going, then great. But if the expectation is always going to be you can't succeed unless you're doing something perfectly crazy and perfectly, yeah. then we have a problem, right? So I say to that, just move, just move. Well, it's the flywheel effect. Do you know what that is? So flywheel effect in business or fly, just the flywheel effect in general is that small incremental changes and, and, and momentums mm. actually make the next task easier. Yes. So that momentum, the fly, like a flywheel, if you don't mm-hmm. know what a flywheel is, look it up. But that flywheel, so as things get, as you have little, little successes, they build, 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 build until the harder the really hard tasks or the things that looked insurmountable previously are now doable and easier. And interestingly enough, that's basically how uh, Coach Joe Machella trains his athletes. Yeah. Is that whole momentum kind of thing. Dude's a genius. He's a genius. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant. He's He's a brilliant. Beautiful man. man. Italian. We always go back to that. I have a crush on Joe. I mean, he doesn't even know it. <laughs> now you he's, need to meet him. He's gonna, he's gonna listen to this thing. <laughs> he he probably won't. But you know, actually, he, he might, might because you're on it, right? And you're one of his athletes. He'll go, "Who is? I'm not going anywhere near this yeah, guy." Yeah, yeah, Restraining order right? already. I've never been to your house, Joe. I promise. <laughs> I don't know that there's ha- flowers in the front yard. I actually have no idea. That just sounded creepy. I might have to edit that out. <laughs> I know, yeah, that's too funny. Yeah, we took a we took a turn. We digress. We digress, but no, I think I think this is this is might be the perfect spot to end this thing because I think it's great. Like, yeah, just get started, and I love that we've talked everything we've talked about your journey, strong women, yeah, right, and and just. Get up and move. Get up and move. And there are people out there. And here's the thing. Instagram's so amazing now. The internet is so amazing that if you don't know where to start, there's such a wealth of information. There is. And there are so many people mm-hmm. that are willing to help you get started. Correct. You being one of them. Yes. Me being one of them. Yes. Anybody that is on this podcast being somebody that is willing to help yeah. you get started. So yeah. for the people, we're going to roll out the... For the people, tell the people where they can find you. Yes. Uh, at the Cell Gym on Instagram, C E L L, um, Cell Gym. I'm also uh, personally, uh, my own fitness stuff is Jesse Fit AZ. 
on Instagram as well. And um, our website's at the Cell Gym in okay. Mesa. We're just a little boutique gym, but we love our community is incredible. They're yeah. just everyday people who are just trying to live their best lives and be the best versions of themselves. We aren't a competitive gym, so it's not like we have fire breathers in there. There are places for them, but we just aren't one of them. Um, but we just, like I said, we're just trying to live our best lives and, and encourage each other on the way. So that's that's where you can find me. Perk. And I'll have all that stuff linked in the show notes. Jess. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. It was fun. It was a blast. <laughs>